Hey guys, what's up? It's Denise Salcedo. Welcome back to Instinct Culture. I am super stoked because in studio with me is none other than Scorpio Sky. Thank you so much for coming out today. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I got to tell you, I was remembering our last interview that we both did back in April 2018. I first of all cannot believe how much time has gone by. And secondly, I cannot believe where you were at that point and where you are right now. Yeah, it's something every day I look at and I'm just like, man, how did I even get here? Like it happened so fast. But at the same time, it was a lot of work in the process and and it took a while at the same time. So um, I'm just really happy with the way things are going right now you know it was really cool because I was going back and I was reading your answers and I was like man he is probably one of the most open people that I have ever interviewed you know just kind of hearing all of your struggles where you would talk about pay to working in the indies and kind of going from there it was just like really op uh, really uh, honest and true and I couldn't I just couldn't believe it I was like look at him now on AW and we're seeing you out there do all of these amazing things so I I got to start off with, did you ever think you would get to this point? Well, I obviously had uh, confidence and, and hope that I could get to this point in my entire life, really. This is all I ever wanted to do. So uh, it was it was the goal, the ultimate goal. Did I ever know that I was going to for sure get here? No, I didn't, obviously. But I had a lot of hope. You know, that's the best thing. The best word I can use is is hope. And and you just continue to work hard and, and you almost quit so many times but, and you have ups and downs and it's a roller coaster. But, you know, again, if you stick with it and I think um, I'm definitely a testimony of like anything's possible. You know, you mentioned those points that you said you wanted to quit. What kept you motivated? What kept you driven to keep pursuing this crazy dream of becoming a pro wrestler? A number of things. A lot of it, it was the fact that it was my dream and I wanted it more than anything else I've ever wanted. And so uh, I just kept chipping away at it. And the other thing was that I had no backup plan. I have no skills other than professional wrestling. I'm not, I'm not good at anything. So if I had a backup plan, if I had anything else that I could have done, I may have quit and done that. So thank goodness that I suck at everything else. I like how you mentioned that your only skill was professional wrestling because for those that watch professional wrestling you know that it's an insane skill to have so I like that you mentioned it as like not having a skill but okay so let's kind of start off with you're at Ring of Honor prior to AEW how was it a difficult decision to make leaving the company considering it was one of your uh, bigger breaks at that point during your career it was definitely a risk and um, you know I had an offer on the table from Ring of Honor and uh, I had, quite frankly, I had a good run there, you know, and I felt like I had things that I, you know, I could have gone higher in that company. But at the same time, to have the opportunity to do something that's never been done before, which is be a part on the on the ground floor floor of a company that was launching at the level that AEW is at, you just can't pass anything up like, like that. And uh, the Young Bucks I had, obviously they're very close friends of mine, but at the same time I have a lot of faith in what their vision was. And uh, it was a leap that really wasn't hard to make for me because I have that um, faith in their, in their vision. and what they want professional wrestling to be and what we're seeing AEW become. It's just so much fun to be a part of it. Like I have zero regrets and it was, yeah, I mean, I like I say, it was an easy decision to make. 
And it happened so fast. I remember one minute we're hearing about this rumor that there might be a company starting up. The next thing you know, it's here. Next thing you know, it's just been so fast. So what was your initial reaction and how did you find out about AEW possibly becoming a promotion at this point? Well, there were rumblings for a couple of months late in 2018. Um, obviously, you you always hear rumors, and there's always some new company that's going to pop up. And I've heard that in my entire career. And most of the time, you're just like, okay, yeah, seriously, whatever. Um, but once I got a chance to actually see things come together and meet Tony Khan and, and actually feel that, okay, this is a real thing. This is actually happening. Um, it was... It had happened very quickly at that point. And uh, January 1st, everything was official. Uh, I signed on the dotted line, and the rest is history. We launched the company. We have we officially you know, had our uh, first rally on January 8th. I think it was in Jacksonville where we announced the opening of the company and Double or Nothing and, and that everything was a real deal. And then now we look uh, a little over a year forward. Uh, we've, we've been on television for 16, 17 weeks, whatever it has been. And we're doing well in the ratings and we've got an extension from TNT until 2023. So, I mean, we're here to stay, which is the best thing about the whole thing. How did your deal come about specifically for you? Um, you know, they basically, you know, asked me to, you know, what kind of deal I would be looking for as far as, you know, obviously financially. And they offered me a certain amount of years, which was three years. And uh, it was actually a very easy process. You know, it's not that hard negotiating with your friends. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, it, was, yeah, it was not too hard. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And it's not like, you know, they're wrestlers first and foremost. So they know what it's like to be in your shoes and, and making these decisions and, you know, these big decisions. Right. So I'm sure that must have been, you know, easy on that sense. So did you ever think, you know, you're hearing all of this good stuff, but did you ever think that they would be that AEW would get to the point where they're at right now like actually a full-fledged promotion on a network like TNT honestly yes uh once I again going back to the vision of the Young Bucks and also Cody and Tony Khan Tony is brilliant he's analytics got uh based guy he's uh you know he's him and his father are just uh wonderful brilliant minds and you put them with the Young Bucks and uh, everyone else involved, there's so many like great people. We have Keith Mitchell behind the scenes who's been with WCW, who's with TNA. Uh, very experienced people and all of our coaches. Honestly, I, I'm not surprised that we're at where we are because uh, I, I always felt like it could work. And, and that was, again, one of the reasons why I decided to take that leap because it just – it had to work and the business needed it. Wrestling business needed it and you see it across the board. WWE is a better product now. Um, their guys are getting taken care of more. They're getting paid better. Uh, the wrestling business is just benefiting from AEW's existence. Honestly, all around, that's one of the things more guys have more work. It, it's, it's opened up a lot of doors and it's made people see their talent twice and, you know, really think about how people are going to go out there and vouch to keep them on their companies, you know, all of that, bidding wars, etc. So before we go into that, how has your experience been with the company so far? I love watching the company develop, first and foremost, uh, watching the fans 
um, become invested in the new characters, including myself, because this is a new audience uh, for a lot of people. A lot of them know who I was, but a lot of them didn't. And so watching people discover me, discover Darby, discover, you know, everyone that's like the jungle boy, you know, it, it's and become fans. And it's so much fun, you know, because it, it's it's something, again, that the wrestling business is needed and you need new stars. The business thrives on new stars. Um, I'm having a lot of fun being on the road every week. I've been on every single AEW show from day one, from every pay-per-view, every television I've been there, even if I wasn't on television. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. And just bonding with the guys as well and the, and the crew, not just the workers, the wrestlers on the show, but the crew as well. Uh, getting to know everybody and and creating like a little bit of a family has just been so much fun and and I look forward to years and years of it. See, that's the awesome thing that you also mentioned. You've been on the show weekly ever since it debuted. And first AEW Tag Team Champion, you and Kazarian. You also had a match against Chris Jericho, who, you know, was champion when you had the match too. So they've been putting a lot of trust and a lot of faith in you to go out there and do all of these things. What does that mean to you to have the support and the trust to be trusted to go out there and do all of this? It's amazing. You know, it's one thing to have the trust of the Young Bucks and Cody and guys that are my friends that I've been in the ring with and know what I can do, but also to have it uh, from like Tony, who, you know, obviously doesn't know what I'm like in the ring and may or may not have been familiar with me in recent years. I, th I think he was because he's a diehard wrestling fan. But uh, to have the trust in him that we can be the first tag team champions and, and that's something that's going to last forever. Long beyond my years in the ring, you'll be able to look back 20 years from now and say Kazarian and Scorpio Sky were the first tag team champions. And to be in the ring with Chris Jericho, someone that I've been a fan of for 20 years and since I was in, you know, junior your high and uh to be in the ring with him you know someone that i've looked up to and and he's still at the top of his game after all of these years and i'm still you know I, i'm i'm in awe of him i'm still a fan uh to be in the ring with him was amazing it's something i've never imagined that i would be in the ring with chris jericho if you told me that like a month uh, you know uh, not a month ago but like a, a yeah, year yeah, ago yeah. i mean i it's I don't, i'm lost for words for it honestly one of the most creative minds in the business, constantly reinventing himself and staying a talked about subject in the wrestling world, pretty much doing it all. Guys living his dream. So was there any sort of advice that he gave you or that has or, or that he has given you so far? It's not so much advice, but more so just observing him and his process right? Because you see the way he approaches doing an interview or the way he approaches his matches or the way he structures his segments in general. And I'm just watching, I'm kind of like a sponge the way I soak things up. And I'm just like, man, this is a whole new level. You know, this is a whole new level. I've been in the wrestling business for 17 years now. And I feel like a kid again, because when you have guys like him and you have guys like Dean Malenko or Jerry Lynn and, and Billy Gunn and all these guys and Dustin Rhodes is another guy I have to, you know, give a nod to him. Even he's helped with a lot of my promos. And again, I'm like a rookie and, and I've got so much learn to learn. And it's exciting for me because again, being in the business for 17 years and still having room to grow is so exciting. I like that you're an observer. You know, some people learn by doing, some people learn by observing, some people learn a little bit of both, but I feel you on that one. Like to be able to observe, observe, especially people like Chris Jericho and so many more, like that's a really awesome opportunity to be able to have. So, you know, 
Wednesday Night Wars is now something that's being talked about. Do you pay much attention to that? You know, the social media rumblings? Are you just kind of like, screw this. I'm doing my thing. I'm having a blast. Do you have any sort of mentality when you go into that or see that? It's hard not to pay attention to it because there is so much smoke around it. But uh, I don't take it too serious, you know, whether we win or whether they win. I think the fans win, and as cliche as that sounds, I truly believe that. The fans win. Uh, there's over a million people watching professional wrestling, almost two million people watching professional wrestling every single week between NXT and us. It's not like the Monday Night Wars were 20 years ago. Nobody's trying to put the other company out of business. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. you know. It, it's romanticized, but I have friends that work for, T, uh, for NXT and, and WWE in general, and I hope they do well and, you know, I know they hope we do well. So, again, everyone everyone wins in this scenario. At the end of the day, it's like you said, you have friends on the other side. You don't want them to lose their job. I'm sure they don't want you to lose their job, your job. So, it's kind of like you kind of have to, yeah, it's a friendly competition. But in a way, it's working because everybody is putting their best foot forward. AW, WWE with NXT, etc. So, everyone's putting their foot forward. So, we were talking about Chris Jericho er earlier. And one of the things I do have to ask you is what was it like wrestling on his cruise and not just wrestling but taking part of the whole experience you know it's so much fun honestly if anybody is thinking about doing it i i highly recommend it because it's an intimate setting obviously it's a big ship but there's only so far you can go. You're going to run into the same people. So it's a good way for the fans to kind of get to know us and bond with us. I went and did karaoke a couple of times that night. And, and what it, were your go-to songs? Oh, I did. Uh, well, all three of us, uh, SCU, nice. we did, we did California love, oh, nice. of, course. of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. And I did, um, I did get jiggy with it one night. That's kind of one of my go-to karaoke songs. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the ship it, it's a little weird wrestling on it, especially if the the waves are a little strong. You know, you can kind of feel the boat moving, uh, but you don't feel it in the ring. But your body, you, your body notices it. Like it's one of those like things where you don't feel it, but when you get to the back, you're just like, oh my god, that was rough. You know, I'm more tired than normal. Like, I remember Hangman saying, I felt like I was wrestling with with like. 10 pound weights connected oh my to my feet. Like that's how I felt the same way. It's just like, it was the tag title match specifically is one of the hardest matches I've ever had because I, I got so sick during the match in the middle of the match. I almost puked. Was it seasickness? Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 I got like, there's a, there's one moment during the match and we make a big joke about it where I literally, I shout to like Frankie, I go, wait. And I am like, and like, I almost gave it up. Yeah. I was like so sick during that match. Yeah. Are you scared? Like, I'm going to barf in front of everybody here. Like, that's embarrassing. 100%. Like, I have not done it in a ring before, and I and I really hope it doesn't ever happen. I know, obviously, it happens to a lot of people. You've heard stories of, of people puking in the ring or yeah. worse. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was scary. Uh, it almost happened. And it's funny because, you know, you go out there and we see you do all of these incredible things with your body, these incredible leaps of bounds. And, and you would never think that the C, would, like the C effect would go ahead and affect you guys in your matches. But if you think about it, it's a, a whole totally different thing to add to that. So, okay, so you guys shot Dynamite there. How was that? And I know that there's a rumor going around that you guys are thinking about doing a live show later on, uh, whether maybe next year or so, and doing it live on the ship 
Yeah, well, um, the Jericho Cruise is already locked in for next year. I believe it's the first few days of February, February 2nd through 5th, whatever it is. I don't know what it was, but it's the first few days of February for anybody that's wondering. So start planning your vacation to be there. Uh, I have heard rumblings that we may do a live show because, you know, every week we do Dynamite Live, you know, and there's something special and magic about doing live television. Um, this... Obviously, this Jericho Cruise, we we taped it on Tuesday and it aired on Wednesday, and that was cool and all. And it was actually, I really loved the whole look of it. I thought it was it, it, it was brilliant. brilliant. We docked basically in uh, the Bahamas. We had crew flown into Nassau, and they came onto the ship for X amount of hours, and we shot it, and then they took off and flew home and packaged it, edited it all up, and and put it out for television. But Next year, I, I, I think doing it live would be the right move because, again, it's one of those things where it's never been done before. You've never had professional wrestling live on a cruise ship, uh, and I think that would be risky but fun. You know, you got to take risks if you want to make history. And I think the fans would appreciate that because even alone, even if it was pre-taped, like that's still fine. It's something unique. It's something different. And to do it live, I think people would just be like so interested in the fact alone that how can everything be pulled off like this? But that is just super awesome. So now let's, I'm going to switch gears now um, because this is something that we definitely have to talk about. Um, you're one of the people that you look up to, Kobe Bryant. And his daughter recently passed away in a horrific, horrific way. It broke everyone's heart. What did Kobe Bryant mean to you? I can't even put that into words, honestly. Um, watching Kobe over 20 years. You know, I grew up in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area. So I, got a, I was privileged enough to see him every night. Uh, every Laker guy. I grew up a Laker fan, diehard Laker fan. Um, I was around when he was drafted. You know, I was a kid, obviously. Uh, and I saw his first few years and I was always, uh, he was always my favorite. Even when we had Shaq and Shaq was a bigger star, I was always a Kobe guy. And you go through the struggles of, of the Kobe and Shaq beef and, you know, the controversy with Colorado and, and those tough years. And then, you know, pulling out of those tough years and winning championships again and then the injuries and the the last tough few tough years he had in his post career you know you go through it with him and I've had so many arguments with people over the years <laughs> defending him saying no Kobe you know this that and the other and uh he you know the best word to describe him well, he was a hero for me and uh he was a someone that I looked up to and I kind of have tried to approach pro wrestling the way he approaches the game of basketball. And that's helped me quite a bit, you know, because um, one thing he's always talked about is the process. You know, it's not so much about the destination, but it's the process. Those, those hard times, those, those late night workouts, those, those, you know, those days that you go to the gym and you don't want to go to the gym. And that's kind of something that's been infectious and, and I've tried to adapt over the years myself of, you know, the times where I don't want to go to the gym. I think to myself, like mama mentality, you know, I got to, this is what you're going to remember. These are the days. And, and, and it's really true, you know, because now that I am, you know, at a point where things are, you know, I'm starting to feel some of the success of the hard work. I do still look back at those times and I'm like, okay, there's no possible way I would have got here if it wasn't for those hard times and those days where I went that extra, extra mile. And so again, like there are no words to describe what 
he's meant to me personally, professionally. I never got a chance to meet him, but you know, I tweeted about it the day it happened. I said, I've never been more deeply cut by the death of someone who wasn't like a family member or a very close friend. It, it hurts. And the thing about it is, you know, specifically with my friend, Mark, my friend, Eric, Eric Watts, you know, Eric, we never stopped celebrating Kobe. Uh, it was like a weekly thing. Like he, my buddy, you know, my buddies would come over. We'd get be getting ready to go out, and we'd be playing Kobe Bryant highlights. <laughs> like literally, like we've done that. We do this. We did it yesterday. Like <laughs> we do it all the time. Like it's been a weekly process. And that's one thing that we were actually talking about it yesterday. Said that we that we appreciated him. We never stopped celebrating him. We, you know, I've, I have so many of his shoes and, and I have three of his jerseys. And, and, and again, you know, the highlights and the, you know, the, the Lil Wayne song, Kobe Bryant, we were always bumping these. Like we, we fully appreciated that we had him. And so uh, there are no words. And, and the fact that his daughter also went was so tragic and, and painful. And, you know, I was looking forward to watching Gigi grow up and become a WNBA player and inspire a whole new generation. And, and obviously the other seven people you can't take away from that. They are, uh, you know, strongly missed. And actually it's something I could point out is that, um, they have the Mamba on Three Fund, which is a program that's set up to benefit those other families that, you know, that were affected by the tragedy of the seven, you know, the other seven people. And all month of February, uh, all of the SCU merchandise that we are selling, 100% of the profits are going to go to the Mamba on Three Fund to help benefit those families. So that's something that if anyone wants to help out uh, in, you know, it's such a tragic time and obviously not just the Bryant family, but seven other families are going through a, a terrible, terrible time. If they want to help out, just go to pro wrestling slash SoCal uncensored. You can buy some of our merchandise. And again, 100% of the profits is going to go to that fund. Honestly, that's incredible. When I heard of that announcement that you guys were doing that, I just thought to myself, like, that is an awesome way to, you know, honor Kobe. Uh, were you able to go down or did you see the uh, the all the stuff that the fans put out by LA Live? That was it was it was incredible to see how many people went out there and showed their support. Yeah, I was there. Uh, the the day it happened, obviously, it was January 26th. It was a Sunday. Uh, I went to with my friend Mark. Uh, we, you know, my my buddy Gonzo, I call him. He's he's as diehard a Laker fan as I am. And uh, when we found out, uh, we were texting each other and we we said we got to go to LA Live. And we went, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. Uh, they had the pictures of the RIP Kobe and uh, it, it didn't even seem real at that time, which is, it's still not real. It hits me multiple times a day. I'm just like, man, this, this is actually happening. Uh, but there were so many, um, you know, candles and flowers and pictures and people were, it was like a, there were people that were crying and, but there were people that were celebrating it as well. There was a guy that had this like giant heavy speaker and they were playing music and passing it around. And they had like, Again, that like Kobe Bryant song by uh, Lil Wayne, they had that on repeat and they were playing like Vicente Fernandez at different points. And it was just like, it was fun to be around Laker fans in such a tragic time and, and people that loved Kobe, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's a painful situation and it takes time to set in. But that was one of those things I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life. And the crazy thing about it is it was the day of the Grammys, right? And it didn't feel right to have the Grammys there. And I'm a fan of all of that stuff. And I was like, guys, no. Yeah, the crazy thing about it is, you know, I went to a restaurant at LA Live. At one point, we were going to get some food. And this was towards the end of the Grammys. So you look around the restaurant. 
and you see people in these like beautiful gowns and tuxedos and then you see people in Kobe jerseys like it's just like this mix and I said this is the most LA thing possible (laughs) it's kind of funny and it's crazy because even just driving around the city I'm sure you've seen the buses you know there's people out there with their jerseys and it's hard like just kind of seeing that but at the same time um you know at least we're taught where everybody's just talking about it sharing these moments I know you heard about the girl dad um that was a really nice thing that came out of this horrible tragedy and just so much more. Um, so I had to ask you about it, especially because I think what, what you guys are doing for the pro wrestling tees is just like incredible to get that money and have it go to Mamba on three. That is fantastic. So guys, please make sure that you go check. Ch- what's the link to the store? Go to um, pro wrestling tees, T-E-E-S dot com slash SoCal Uncensored. And, and please help out. Um, and even if you don't you know, help out in that way, you can actually go to Mamba on three org and you can directly help out um and then there's also the mamba sports academy that you can also contribute to that's going to keep going a lot of kids and specifically girls are involved with uh you know the basketball programs and just helping them in general is i I encourage anyone to do that so it's uh something that's out there and if you feel the, the need or the urge to help please go do it That's awesome. That's seriously awesome. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and switch gears again because I do have to ask you, but keeping that mama mentality, what is your plans, your goals for 2020? Gosh, that's a tough question. (laughs) I want to keep AEW the number one wrestling show on Wednesday nights. Uh, I want to continue knocking all these barriers down that we are doing um, and, and opening doors and uh, with my brothers SCU and the young bucks, I, I want to, you know, keep taking this thing to the next level. And then I want to take myself to the next level. I'm challenging myself to be even better. Uh, I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. I'm excited. I'm on fire. I've never been more motivated. Um, and, and I just want to become the best performer that I can possibly become in 2020. Wonderful. Awesome. So now before we go, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. So I like to play this game with all of my guests. And you know, sometimes I've even pondered doing this at the beginning, but no, I'm going to keep it towards the end just to kind of, before you go, let's have some extra fun here. So we're going to do lightning round questions. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and you're going to answer as fast as you possibly can. All right. Are we ready? Lightning round with Scorpio Sky. Let's do this. Question one, best and worst city you've wrestled? in oh best city philadelphia and worst city uh, uh, man i i don't know they're all they're all bad they're all bad they're all the worst town i've ever been in sorry your favorite spot to visit here in los angeles hollywood can i say hollywood is that is that too broad it's probably it's fine hollywood <laughs> there we go all right uh the last show you watched on netflix uh, probably Queer Eye. I watch that all the time. Like, I'm obsessed. How many pairs of sneakers do you own? Oh my God. Probably, I've gotten rid of a lot of them, so I'm probably in the 60 to 70 range. Describe your Super Bowl experience in one word. <laughs> Two words. It's a name. Olivia Benson. I 
she was sitting right in front of me. I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, you're a legend. Literally, I did that. I don't, so I'm sorry, this is supposed to be lightning round, but I have to, I have to say this. I don't, what we call in professional wrestling, mark out. I don't get starstruck. And she was sitting right in front of me with another lady and, and uh, I'm guessing like her husband or her boyfriend, whoever it was. And they were, and we were kind of all making small talk. I didn't even know who she was at this point. We're all just making small talk. Who are you rooting for? Where are you guys from? Blah, 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 blah. And then at one point she looked back for the 20th time and it hit me then. I said, wait a minute. And I asked her, I said, and I asked her if she was, and she said, yes. And I, and I literally went, <laughs> like, like, you're, you're like, I'm a grown man fanboying right now. Oh my God. She's so wonderful. And she was so, so nice. And, and she doesn't carry herself. Like she's a star. She was up, she was dancing around when the music was playing. She's an absolute sweetheart. She's a legend. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I, I think I messaged you on Facebook. I was like, Taylor Swift named her cat after Olivia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was that? No, I agree with you. Legend. All right. uh, your most played song at the moment. Justin Bieber. Yummy. Oh, no. We can't be friends anymore. Like I'm song. not. I'm not a believer. I mean, I'm not a believer, but it's a good song, right? It's a kind of a good song. Oh, yeah. I've been boycotting it. Okay. Uh, what's the best way to spend a day off? relaxing somewhere out here in Los Angeles where the sun is out. It's beautiful. You can be a little bit out and have a little bit of a tequila type drink. <laughs> Name one random habit that you have. Biting my nails. <laughs> uh, what's something that you've tried and will never try again? Um, uh, gosh, not doing well at lightning right now. <laughs> tried and will never try again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Tried. Uh, you went it's probably gonna come to me when I'm driving home today, and but I'm so <laughs> I sorry. I I don't have anything right now. We'll let you think about that one. How often do you look at your phone every day? Uh, infinity. <laughs> like, I'm always on my phone. Let's throw a bonus question for you. Last one. Favorite and most addicting app? Instagram. Really? Oh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm obsessed. That is so awesome. Thank you so much, Scorpio Sky, for coming out here today and chatting with me. This was a lot of fun playing this game. Before we go, where can people follow you on social media? And, of course, Instagram. Uh, yes, at, uh, at Scorpio Sky on Instagram and Twitter. And I actually just made a TikTok. I saw that. <laughs> I did my first video yesterday, just kind of messing around. Uh, so, yeah, follow me um, at uh, Scorpio Sky Official. Because there's someone has Scorpio Sky apparently on there. I couldn't get it. So Scorpio Sky official, uh, check me out. I'm going to be doing a lot of good content. And there's going to be some fun cameos. So please watch. So thank you so much once again for coming in today. Guys, if you like this video, please give it a like. Subscribe to the channel in the comment section below. Let me know what you guys thought of the interview. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.